cliffcentral.com Good morning, it is Rookies and Rockstars. I am Ms. Hu. Um, this is the second week, actually, of June, right? Uh, yes, of June. Like, I've, my bearings have been lost. It's been a hectic past two weeks. How are you, Jade? I am so good. I'm so glad to have you back. Dude. Uh, <sighs> you know, it's not nice when you're not here. You're my, you're my wingman. <laughs> you, 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 you can't do that again. It's certainly not two weeks in a row. You've been exactly. a bad girl. I've been so terrible, but then it was with reason. No, no, no. So the one is definitely part of your education, which I'll forgive you for. And then the mm-hmm. other, you weren't, you'd had that accident. So it was a bit it heavy. Was, it was bad. Aww. Like this guy, what he did, I was, I was actually going to the gym. Do you know how hard it is to go to the gym in the morning in this, in this weather? So I was like <laughs> going to the gym and this guy ran the robot, uh, the red light and hit my car. My car hit a pole on the other side of the road. And I like, I don't know how I got out of the car, but apparently like it was, it was not good. It was not good at all. So. Not good. Well, we, I'm glad you're back because I think that it's very important that people are back with us too. Exactly. Miss Prue and Jade doing life together here on Rookies and Rockstars. <laughs> so we've missed you. We're glad I to have you. you back. And what I'm seeing now is that your baby's growing. You look so good. <sighs> this child is, this child is not going to come out at two kgs. I think I'll be fair. I think I'll be fair <laughs> and, and make that judgment on it right now. But mm-hmm. yes, we are growing. We are three months away from meeting oh, the little dude. Wow. So That's we good. are very excited. It, very mm-hmm. scared also But oh, it's going to be okay How's the winter with the pregnancy? Oh, it's glorious mm-hmm. You know how sif it would be doing it in summer Ugh. Can you imagine? It'd be like heavy back pain Sweating, <laughs> pushing beads Ugh. It would be horrible So no. it's better to be pregnant in, in winter So much better Uh-huh. Yeah, no, it's it's glorious Because I, I can see now you don't even have a jacket on No, no, no Okay, they, I, I did ask if there's a heater on But is, you also get, <laughs> I promise you the strangest things happen when you're pregnant. Mm-hmm. Hormones, heat, snot. It's crazy. Crazy. It's, but it's beautiful, but it's weird. I can imagine. Yeah. But tell us, how was your last gig? I know that you'd gone away that weekend to, was it Bloom? In Bloom, yes, it was, it was good. It was really, really good. What did you do um, there? It was basically, um, actually we were doing mentoring. We were talking to, um, young kids in Bloom and just teaching them how to DJ and telling them that Telling them about the industry, telling them what to expect and whatnot. So yeah. it was a really, um, it was just a journey for me, educating other people and also learning from them. So it was that kind of weekend. Nice. Mm. And then when it, when was your last actual DJing gig, or have you got one this coming up? Morning. Never. <laughs> I promise you. Where were I you? I got home at three a.m. So I'm basically hanging right now. <laughs> <laughs> Where were you? I was at Constitution Hill. Um, then Soweto, then we went to, um, Bar 9. Oh, wow. So that was my night. That was my day yesterday. Oh, hectic. Very. So that's the glorious rock star, Miss Prue, just <laughs> spinning it up on a normal Tuesday evening. Oh, well, it was you. Oh, it must have been quite fizzy in Soweto, like Youth Day vibes. It was so crazy. There was traffic everywhere. Traffic, hectic traffic, because people want to go to the Mandela, um, to Villagaza Street, mm. and to the Mandela House, and you know, the whole, um, June 16 vibe, so it was crazy. Yeah, so June 16, cool, cool intro there, because that's mm-hmm. what we really want to talk about today. I was so fascinated at how much activity was going on yesterday mm-hmm. on Twitter, on WeChat, on Facebook, but I really want to understand, because I think that we're all aware of it and we're all happy to hashtag youth day, which mm-hmm. is amazing. 
But how much do we really, really, really know about what's going on with our youth? Because exactly. it is a complicated generation, man. There mm. are mixed emotions, mixed cultures. Um, exactly. and, I, and I'd love to come back to you also, Ms. Pru, once we've had a chat to our guest. And just what fascinates me about the cultures is how how different, mm. even for you now, your youth versus who you're seeing in your family's youth mm, exactly. and how that's differing. So I want to welcome... Tegan Pinar, we are very privileged to have him here. He's one of the coolest dudes on the youth market. On the youth market, look at me, like I'm selling him off. Exactly. Going at, starting at. Wow. Welcome, Teagues. Awesome, thanks for having me. It's great. Yeah, so Tegan is from an organisation called Core G1 Core, um, an, an extension of of the G1 brand of, of churches, and it's just I just want to delve into. Him, his story, because they are reason why I wanted Tegan as well. When when the youth are around this dude, I don't mm-hmm. know. They just are so electrified by who he is, how he behaves, how he talks to them. So Tegan, welcome. Awesome, yeah. Uh, youth, they are a, a funny kind of people. I love it. It's awesome. Yay! Why why choose wor- working with the youth and not like mm-hmm. a grandma or grandpa? Wow. Um, well, you're a long time ago. Um, probably when I was back in high school, because I'm not actually from Johannesburg. I'm actually from a little rural town called East London. It's a mm-hmm. little, it's a great place. But um, no one's judging. Yeah, no, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> um, yeah, when I was back in back in high school, like I really saw a need in 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 youth and young people, and I kind of pursued that, and I was like. These people, they, they need more. They, they're not being believed in. They're not being encouraged. And I, so I completely just threw myself into this thing called youth ministry. So even when I was down in East London, I just felt like these young people need something more. And so I pursued youth ministry, moved up to Joburg, studied at the, the Bible college out here and just realized that amongst young people, there's so much brokenness and hurt and just pain going on because of families and backgrounds and and just issues that they're dealing with in today's like youth culture so i, I really just saw hey the old people they're great and the children they're great but where the action is mm-hmm. is in high school that's what i've kind of come to realize is that how you're going to change places how you're going to change hearts how you're going to change nations and looking at youth day, it was all amongst young people. It was a, when young people stood up and said, hey, this far, no further. Mm. And because there's so much energy and, and talent in young people, if we believed in them, they could change this place. And so I threw myself completely into youth ministry because I just really believe that, you know, that's where the action is. So, yeah. How exactly do you work with them? What is it that you do with the youth? Well, we, we run a, a, like a high school ministry on a Sunday afternoon. So we don't do the conventional church youth group kind of thing. We do Sunday afternoon. It's geared at high school students. We really aim at reaching them at a high level. So we don't focus on necessarily the younger grades, but we really focus on the older grades because they're the leaders. And so we do everything from character de- development to, to ministry skills to, um, encouraging them, um, empowering them in, tr- in leadership training and, and kind of just reaching their schools. Um, you know, we really come alongside high schools to reach those schools, not go, Hey, y'all, we just want to give you Jesus and then leave kind of thing, <laughs> but really come alongside the schools and alongside the high school students. And wherever there's a need, we do our best to meet 
to meet that need. So if it's in the sporting world, you know, some of us, we, I used to coach at a high school and we used to, we used to help out in the coaching department. If it was tutoring students, we would tutor students. If it meant speaking in a school chapel, because a lot of the high schools in Joburg are like religious orientated. So we get opportunities to speak in their Bible classes, in their chapel moot like moments. And so we pretty much just come alongside the schools in whatever way we can to empower the young people and, and to give them hope that actually we do believe in you and uh, when we believe in you you can do things mm. and so that's kind of how that where we are from that's that's the strength that we go for in the young people like we we come along ha- come alongside the high schools we love the young people we care for the young people we empower them and we move forward with them so yeah and from having come from east london because i think it's important especially in this country because east london other like Poor Chipston, smaller towns exist, yeah. but it doesn't mean that the problems aren't massive. Oh no! And so, not that I'm highlighting the problems in East London, but how do you find the difference in the school mindsets and behaviours from an East London to a Joburg? Yeah, well, because it's a small town, you have that small town mindset. So. You have to become someone in a small town, otherwise you are no one. And so what we find happening in a, in a place like East London, uh, you have one or two main high schools. You've got some kind of mediocre high schools, but to make a name for yourself, you have to do something extraordinary. You have to leave uh, the small town because what we find happening is people go to high school in East London. They, they leave, they go study at NMMU or Rhodes, but then they come back to East London and they live out the rest of the days there. So they actually, they get stuck in that small town mindset. Whereas coming to Joburg, like everything is bigger on a bigger scale. Statistically, there's, there's so much more people. There's so many more high school so in east london you need to make a name for yourself in a big city like Joburg, you kind of just get lost in the crowd so in east london you would actually have to be different you'd have to have a reputation if you're a young person everybody knows everything about everyone everywhere in <laughs> yeah. every high school so just going from that perspective like you had to make a name for yourself for you to be in the Popular crowd But what does that mm. mean so, so what do you mean Do you mean like career wise Or even just So say Compare a standard six person mm. To like a matric person Yeah So are you saying That the little standard six person Is just fighting for Whatever they can get Like popularity or fame wise Like trying to be in The first team or whatever Yeah And then the matric person Is just trying to fight To get out of there But then they come back Yeah so what I find is <laughs> The grade eights and nines Those young people They're all like You know Glossy eyed And everything's happy And life is great And then mm. awesome But as they get older The the struggle with of identity Really shows up And now they go Oh I need to become someone I need to make a name for myself. If that means going to those clubs when I'm not of the right age, I'm going to do it. If that means, ah. uh, if that means I'm going to pursue this career, I'm going to do it and I'm going to make a name for myself. Whereas in matric, you kind of in that place where I want to get out of this place, but not many people do. What I found happening is a lot of people go, they start off going, yeah, this is going to be great and amazing. I'm going to get out of East London. I'm going to go change the world. And then they become a coach at their local high school and then they stay in East London and they live out the rest of the days never thinking of a, of a bigger picture lifestyle and they kind of get stuck in East London. And that's what I, I was like, you know, when I got to Matric, I was like, I'm out. But what uh, was I'm it? Here. What was it for you? So that's always, Ms. Pru and I are always fascinated by people's stories. Mm-hmm. And obviously mm-hmm. we, we like to use that because 
If you are listening to Tegan and you're in a similar situation, if you're either a youngster or you have a teenage child and, and you're able to relate to, to what Tegan is saying, what's very important is to listen to what his trigger might have been when he was in matric and how he got out of that. So you are more than welcome to engage with us on WeChat on the Cliff Central Group or Give us a shout on 0861 But let's chat about that, Tegan. Let's sure. chat around. You are very, I always believe it's a privilege to be able to have the self-awareness, to have the trigger, yeah. to realize you need to go. Yeah. But what was that for you? Was it your parents? Was it your own inner being? Well, I, I wouldn't say it was my parents because my parents had this mindset of, Tegan, you're going to you know, go and study engineering or architecture and you're going to come back to East London and you're going to provide for us and look after us for the rest of your life kind of thing. And I was like, no, I, I can't do that. And so, <laughs> Funny so I was like, I, I love you guys, but hey, uh, I've got a life to live, you know. So when I got to matric, grade 11 matric, there was a kind of a turning point in my life where I kind of realized, hey, the world is a pretty broken place. And so most people go, well, there was a job or there was a career path or, or I got this money or I went to this place and some wise guru person spoke into my life. But the reality is for me, it was a turning point where it was actually a New Year's night, um, 2006. I was in grade 11 going into matric and I remember just lying on my bed and I was like, I'd, I'd heard so many of my friends had, had thrown away their life that night. It was, it was New Year's night. I'd heard stories and I was, I wasn't being like judgmental or anything, but I just heard so many stories of my really close friends completely throwing away their life, losing hope, messing up their futures, not having a, a vision for their life. And that really was destroying them on that one night. And I remember I was lying on my bed. I was like, Hey God, you know, this sucks. Um, what's going on in the world sucks at the moment. And I need to, you know, stand up and be different and, and count it to be different. And so I remember lying on my bed. I was like, hey, God, the world sucks pretty much right now, and I want to be different, and I want to bring change. And I remember it was like as clear as you are sitting here in the studio with me right now. God was like, hey, Tegan, well, let's go change the world. And I knew that I couldn't do that in East London, and I needed something more. And so doors opened for me to go to PE, door closed. Uh, I had an opportunity to go study in Australia, door closed. I had an opportunity to maybe stay on at my church in East London, door closed. The only door that opened was Joburg. I dreaded the idea because I'd, mm. one, never been to Joburg. And two, I knew places like Hillbrow existed. And in my mind, I was like, mm. if I drive near there, I'm going to get shot kind of idea because that's all I, what's all I knew from the East London mindset. But when I came up here, Two weeks in, broke into my car, stole all my stuff. I was like, oh, wow. I, I'm here. Let's go, Joburg. <laughs> mm. And um, because Joburg is a big city, it, it, it's a place where dreamers are. It's a place where people can actually go, hey, there's so much more. There's so much more to life. There's so much more to freedom. And so having that vision for my life way back in 2006 really made me go, I can bring change. I can make a difference and my heart is drawn towards the high schools of Johannesburg. Like I love eat, sleep, breathe high schools. I, I love high schools. I love pouring into young people's lives. I love empowering them and encouraging them and seeing them grow. But yeah, for me, the reality was that was my turning point. It was just like a, Hey, seeing all mm. the other people. Let's, let's, let's bring some change to the brokenness that is around. And so I just pursued that and here I am. 
high school students are actually the most difficult to deal with. Absolutely. <laughs> so they're so difficult because the world is changing so fast and they're changing along with it. Yeah, they don't get on the trend, then they're lost, you know, like exactly. they get fo- forgotten. Yeah, so what's the biggest issue that you've come across that you see that high school people are, are dealing with? Oh, jeepers. Um, That's common in all high schools. Uh, okay, so this, this is for high school students, but I, this goes across the board for all people. It's mm-hmm. the struggle for identity, trying to fit in. Making a name for themselves. Who am I? Is Mm. pretty much the foundational, like, existential question in everybody's life. It's who am I? And, and ultimately that flows into, well, what is my purpose in life? Mm. And what I found amongst young people is because they don't know who they are, they, they try to find themselves in everything. They, they throw themselves into a myriad of different cho- uh, lifestyle choices and, and, and just making, you know, trying to find a name for themselves that they actually lose themselves in the process. And so what I found amongst high school students is a lot of them wear masks. They mm-hmm. have no idea who they are and what they wear in terms of mask is what society tells them they need to be. Mm. And so amongst young people, they don't know who they are. And because they don't know who they are, they don't know what to do with the rest of their life. So they kind of just... They become adults, but they're still children mm. in their thinking. They're adults, but they're still immature. Like this one girl who says they're pretty much a bunch of boys who can shave, uh, mm. in, in terms of guys. Like they don't, they don't have this mindset of, well, I know who I am. I know what my purpose is. Therefore they wear a mask and they live according to that mask. But the worst thing, and this is where counseling comes in, is that when that mask fails them, Mm. It, it tears their life apart. It, it leaves them confused, hurting, broken. They, like just recently, um, two, three weeks ago, a young grade 10 boy committed suicide at one of the local high schools, literally hung himself amongst the trees at a local high school. Wow. Mm-hmm. It, it's that real. And, mm. and honestly, I believe that that connects to, well, I don't know who I am. And if I don't know who I am, I don't have a purpose. Well, therefore, my life is meaningless and mm. pointless. And, and, and it kind of just leaves them lost in a world where everything's hustle, bustle, going crazy around. There's this idea that, well, I don't know who I am, so therefore I'm going to try and make a name for myself. But it just lets them down. So I think that's the biggest struggle amongst high school students that I see. Yeah, and I, and I think it's quite interesting. Miss Prue, you missed, we had a lovely coach here last week, Sev. Mm-hmm. And the mask doesn't fade away with youth, eh? No. So she's saying her biggest thing is when they get adults, like us three would go and have this life coach or mentor. Mm-hmm. She said the first thing that takes at least three months to work through with adults, whether you believe in God or whether you don't, whatever your beliefs are, is identity. And, mm. and she used the same word. She said the challenge is from when you are young, you keep your mask on. Mm. So whether that mask is protecting you, hiding you away, whatever it's doing, it's so harmful mm-hmm. if it's not addressed in the right way. Because, I mean, look at that little boy. Yeah. What, grade 10 is? is 16. Yes, 16. Yeah, some 16. of them, some mm-hmm. of them even 15. Mm-hmm. At 15 years old, to feel that lost mm-hmm. is crazy. It is. And, and that's why, that's why I'm so glad you're here. Because I, I believe that there is, I was reading this book this morning called Undaunted and she just goes on to say, if you can just be awakened a little bit, just a mm. little bit. So even if you start with re- something as simple as recycling, I know it doesn't have to do with youth, but then if you move on to youth and you just think, she said, could you honestly not sacrifice four cappuccinos a month, which is about a hundred rand and mm-hmm. give it to some organization who are doing something for the youth. Mm. Mm. That, but that's not how people think. 
I mean, for you, Ms. Prue, what, yeah. what organizations do you know of that exist in like Soweto or those areas? Are, are there any that you're aware of? We for need youth? A, yeah. There are, but then for, for me, I, there's a lot of these things that happen in church. Mm. So when I'm at church, they tell us, you know, after church will be a group for, for the youth and whatnot. That's when you realize that, you know what, there's actually youth, the youth now is actually trying to do something about, mm. um, their issues and problems and whatnot. So from church, that's when I see that the, the um, there's youth groups here, there's youth groups. Yeah, but how there. do they, how but are the adults getting involved then in that, in that? The when adults, like for, for our church, for yeah, instance. Yeah, so when, when they say it to you during the mm-hmm. ceremony and they're finishing up and they're saying, just a reminder, um, there's a youth group happening after church. What, mm. what then? What does that mean? Like how many adults put their hand up and say, geez, I actually didn't know that existed. I want to do something. Mm. No, they do. They have like, um, group, um, sessions that they have. For yeah. instance, like, um, they put the old people and the, the, the youngsters together and they have mm. a session of like coaching and church, everything, okay. you know, you know? Yeah. so like, um, they do help in, in, in most cases. So, yeah. And and f- like financially though, are there any organisations that exist with, financially like with that w- exist within Soweto that say, mm. look, if you are able to donate like at least fifty rand a month, it goes towards us doing this for this area of youth. I think for us, we also need to start researching and finding these things out, and just putting them out there and saying, you know what, there's this youth organisation in Soweto that does this. Let's all pitch in and help. And that's what I'm saying. So I'm happy for people. This is always, I mean. I, I see, I see your tweets and your Facebook things, Tegan, and t- it's, it's great that you are reading a quote on Pinterest or that mm. you're hashtagging Youth Day, and it really is sweet. Mm. But like, what, what are you doing for your country? Yeah. Like, we can't all be in high schools with the core group, you know, we can't all be doing that five days a week. Yeah. Mm. And it's, I believe if, if you have that calling, it's a flippant blessing and you're lucky to be there. Mm-hmm. But what are the average South Africans doing for our youth? I want to know. Exactly. We all need to know. We need to start Googling and checking these things out. You see? And if there's nothing that's being done, what can we do yeah. to fill the gap? Like, for example, I, I realized in the last six months, Mandela's main hope, all he wanted, hey, for the youth, beyond fighting, beyond the racism, beyond, he just wanted them to be able to read. Mm. And that's why the minivans and those libraries go around and the mobile libraries. And that's why quite a bit of the Nelson Mandela Fund gets spent on literacy because it's so fundamental that that's what happens. It is. You know, and so I'm, I'm on a mission now. Yes, yesterday made me amped. I was just like, and I used to actually work alongside Tegan and his team for a very short while. And I'm very soft, eh? And very emotional. And like, it's, it's hectic what goes on there. And mm. the masks that even come to core group and then the different person that is, behaves and acts at the school, they're two different people sometimes. Yeah. Exactly. And that's exactly what Tegan's saying around this mask thing. Like it's mm. chronic. Yeah. And it is. we, we need to be, we need to be doing more, but we'll, we'll come back because after, after we're going to have a little tune for you. But after this, I, I want to chat more around what, what's going on issue wise. I mean, I know identity is one of them. What we can identify, where the areas of help are that's needed, how we can try and touch base with people that can get you guys support where you need it, not only yours, but other youth groups. And also chat to Ms. Prue about, around 
you know, the cultural barriers mm. um, from 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 your point of view and, and how you can possibly give some insight to Tegan because mm. there is what's awesome about core is it's very multicultural, it is. which is super cool. So it's not just some white group sitting there having their cappuccinos. Mm. It's mm-hmm. flipping awesome. The Oaks who pull in Tegan tell also tell us all about it. But mm-hmm. let's we'll we'll be back shortly just to to carry on this conversation because I'm determined to make sure that at least five of you who are listening are also wanting to make a change in our youth. Get a taste of the Republic of Extra Cold at the Embassy event on the 27th of June at Nasrick, Johannesburg. This epic event will raise the flag for extraordinary experiences with Boys and Bucks, Casper Nyovest, and many more. With only 4,000 tickets on offer, get yours now for only 200 rand at CompuTicket or visit castlelight.co.za for more information on the coolest event this winter. Unlock Extra Cold Refreshment. Enjoy responsibly. Not for sale to persons under the age of 18. Unreal, uncensored, unradio. Clipcentral.com. Uncensored, unradio. Exactly, they rooks and rock stars. That's what we are. <laughs> Such rock stars. That was an appropriate song that we played actually for the youth, for for this whole youth yes. thing we're talking about because this song is so very influent, influential actually in the in the youth of today. It is like hectic. So that one we've just played. The one that we just played. What is it called? Uh, boss zonke. What does like that mean? You are the boss of everything. Oh, that's boss zonke means everything. So boss. Well, how would you everything. want to tell that to a teenager? So that you can they already you. think they're the boss. <laughs> so that you can own yourself. You're the boss of yourself. Yeah, I didn't know what was it going is. on in that song, to be honest. <laughs> Funny that. My vernac is not do that you know, strong. Do you know how t- today's youth is so, um, this thug life is going on. Like, yes. it's so hectic. It's so scary at the same time. But it's the current culture. Mm-hmm. And like we said, we're going to talk about cultural diversities within the youth. Yeah. So um, I think that's one of the things we need to... Actually so how do you find on. it? Where do you are you seeing it like quite dominantly in the youth where you live or where you hang out or where you work? What am I saying? Like like thug vibes, like gangster. It's everywhere. It's I, I think everyone has a bit of a thug life inside of yeah. them. Yeah, a bit of swagger. You know, swagger. You just want to pop your collar now and then. But yeah, then but but is, the, is that, sorry? Is that a is that an, like a black culture thing more? Would you say? Because I, I don't, don't think know. it's a black culture thing. I think it's. In Do you everyone. really think there's full-on white gangsters? There is. <gasps> I've I'm seen so a naive. couple. Maybe in Boxburg. <laughs> I don't know about four ways. <laughs> <laughs> no, Boxburg. Four ways is just the chays with their vests and the earrings and the using protein bars for oh, breakfast. Oh yeah, but Sulaka rots. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So no, getting back to it though, Miss Prue, tell me how how do you? I'd, I've never seen it in my life. Mm-hmm. So I have never seen that thug life besides Duncan who thinks he's a thug but <laughs> beyond the, but beyond that uh-huh. what does that look like for a let's say a 14 year old dude who's involved in that what does mm. it look like look for 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 14 year olds it's actually quite scary because you don't know when they grow up what is it that they're going to be what is it that they're going to do for instance I had a conversation with my niece last week and I was asking her look what are you going to do when you're done with school because she's in grade 11 she doesn't know what she wants to study um, in tertiary she doesn't she's not sure where she's going to go after being um, in high school but the one thing that she's sure of is her music 
her hip hop music. She's sure mm. about her lifestyle. She's sure, she is sure about her friends. So that is where it comes, where it starts being scary because you don't know after this, what are you going to start doing? That's when people like Tegan come in and say, you know what? You can, um, be a better you mm. at, at the young age that you are at. What am I trying to say? At the young age that you are at, you can be a better you. Mm. Exactly. Yeah, what I found, um, most people, they, they latch onto that identity that mainly music or movies, um, or society produces. So mm. when, when people become a certain kind of person, that's completely, um, it's created by what's around them. Mm. Like no one wakes up going, Hmm, I think I'm going to be a gangster today and that's who I'm going to be. Exactly. It's completely, um, they've been filled in from, like pop culture from music, movies, media, books, all of this, what's happening in government, politics, all of that plays a part to, hey, that's who I'm going to be because I think if I be that, then mm. maybe I'll fit in. Maybe mm. if I do that, that's going to help me be something that actually I'm not. Because exactly. like the whole thing about masks, mm. as well, it's a massive defense because if you have to be real with these people, like I've spoken to, you know, like the first team rugby player, you know, pumps mm. the, the steroids. But when you, when you get down and real with them, they're broken. Mm. They're confused. They've got family issues. They've got struggles um, with their friends. They don't know exactly who they are yet. Mm. They put on this huge macho kind of identity, but be, be, you take away that mask. They're just, a scared little boy who doesn't really know what's going on in life and he's become what he's expected to become. And that's kind of the identity that we also place on them. Like, Hey, you meant to be this when you're young, mm -hmm. do this, be that. And then they, they kind of find themselves in it. Exactly. But then you remove it and then it's gone. You know, you, you remove it and then who are they? It's kind of like what we're talking about now actually gets me thinking about, do you know the guy Bruce Jenner? Oh, yeah, wow. and him. Let's, let's get into uh, controversial <laughs> topics and, this and morning. Him. We're not and going him. into transgender. No, 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 we are not. For him, his story was actually qu quite similar to what you're saying now. Mm. Is that when you're young, oh, yeah. you wear this mask, you're trying to be that person that everybody um, expects, is, you, to expects be. you to be. And only after 65 years of his life is is then when he's trying to be like himself. Now he's trying to put off the mask and be the person that he's always wanted to be when he was a four-year-old boy. Yeah. Is it four? I heard it was eight. Uh, he, four, said, he, eight said, he said from whatever. four, that's when he realized that, you know what, I want to be a girl. Why, why am I peeing standing? Why can I, why can oh, I not pee sitting, gosh. for um, instance? But like, <laughs> we, <laughs> that's what this whole mask thing, this, yeah. this is when no, it no, starts. I think, no, that's actually a very valid point. I think, yeah. it, I think it is definitely, and I think that's, you know, the problem is we don't know if his father or his what his father and mother were doing it's or not. Her, it's her father or <sighs> mother. I know. I Sorry, can't, just going to correct you. <laughs> let's, let's, let's just get it correct. I can't bring myself to it. <laughs> Caitlin. Shame. Mm. Poor poor Caitlin from Core. She's been bloody yeah. maimed with it now. But but Caitlin from Core's way cooler. We love her far more than, yeah. than the other it. Um, but no, I'm joking. It's not an it. I just, I think that what does relate back to the youth and that what is very pressing in, in that kind of, you know, while we're chatting around what the mask does, the problem was, is, I'm sure for him, even if he didn't want to be a girl, you probably find the dad was such a swuck dad that put so much pressure on him yeah. around all the boy stuff. To perform, to, to be the best. Exactly. That it's his subconscious rebellion to be a girl, just to say, up yours, Dad. Yeah. I'm becoming a girl. Mm. You know? And that's the problem with 
that that's why I'm now so determined around this youth thing because mm. it transcends so heavily into your adult life and yeah. how you th- like honestly now that I'm about to have this child, there are so many things that you think flip. I've got to get this right with this little dude yeah. because I know that the fundamental is just love, but it's it's a little bit more than yeah. also that exactly. Because yeah. so much of what we do molds how they think about who mm. they are. Yeah. What what I find also um, within the whole idea of identity and youth culture is that many young people don't have a vision for their life. They don't mm. go, that's the kind of husband or, or mother I'm going to be. But where are the parents? Can I ask you that? Where are they? Well, I want to know where they are. In, in my personal opinion, and, and people will probably give me a hard time for this, I really do believe that, that this generation of parents has let down uh, this generation of young people. I really believe that from a young age, they haven't instilled into these young people a sense of character and identity and purpose. So they've kind of been left to just find it themselves and they find mm. it in all the wrong places. They forget about, well, that's who I want to be one day when I'm older. That's the kind of businessman I want to be. That's why character and integrity is completely thrown out of the business world. Like if you look even in our politics, oh. there's no mm. such thing as integrity. There's no such thing as having a strong character. Yes, we have strong-willed people, but strong-willed people don't necessarily mean they have strong character. Mm. And if you look at where the world has gone, it's a complete breakdown in the homes. Like the the way I see it is, um, a friend of mine shared this with me. Youth ministry and and these things that we want to do for youth, they wouldn't need to exist if the parents just did their jobs. If the parents just raised their kids' rights, we wouldn't have these issues in society with young people. Like what I've come to realize that, statistically speaking, under the age of twenty one. Okay, so twenty. I'm twenty six. That's I'm five years past it. You're so old, Tegan. Okay, jeepers. <laughs> I'm not the one with gray hairs yet. Um, at the <laughs> at the age of twenty one, under the age of twenty one, sixty percent of our country is under the age of twenty one. Sixty percent. Wow. Now, if that is true, if that is a true statistic, and that was a few years ago, if that is a true statistic, why aren't sixty percent of our resources going to enabling and believing in the young people? Surely if we have a mindset of, hey, we want to have a better future, a better government, a better like uh, things to come, surely that starts with the here and the now. For example, if I wanted to be an SA rugby player, I would start when I'm young and I have a vision for my life and I'd walk walk towards that. Mm. If we want to have a better country, a better South Africa, mm. it has to start with the young people. The young people are the only ones who can ever bring change. Mm. Every major revolution in the history of the world was majority of the time started by young people who mm. stood up and said, this far, no further, we're not going to let this happen anymore. And because this idea has been lost amongst our young people, we kind of just people have people existing and not really having a future. Mm. You know what I've also realized is that there's a lot of young people that are, that have, the, that come from really good families, like they teach them values and whatnot. But as soon as they step out of their house, the bubble pops. Exactly. They become something else. For instance, when you go into the hood, you'll find a whole lot of boys smoking, mm. um, and they're not even going, and they're not even going to school anymore. Yeah. But when you go, when you check their homes, it's a stable home. Yeah. It's good families. They go to church. But how can we deal with, um, from the moment they step out of the house, how can we start changing their mindsets from that? Yeah, so I just want to ask you something, Miss Prude, mm. honestly. So for me, I also think church, uh, this is a massive call, but mm-hmm. that's why I'm asking you to clarify because I'm, I'm asking you. Mm-hmm. From what I see on a, 
on a white versus black church attendance. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that enough of the black people who are going to church are implementing the fundamental principles that church is trying to teach them in their homes? Or is it just a Sunday, look good, and then go home, and Monday to Saturday, it's as you were? That's what I want to know. Do you believe enough are actually being Christians from Monday to Saturday as well? Or is it just a Sunday thing? Because that could also be a root of the problem. Mm. I don't think, I, I'm hoping it's not just a Sunday thing. Mm. For instance, in our church, there's a huge section of just youth and they love church and they praise God and they're just there. They're but in the, the parents, moment. but the parents. But now, exactly, when they step out of church, we don't know if they continue with, um, yeah. with what they've learned. We don't know if their parents are completely implementing what they've done in church at home as well. So we can never be too sure. We can see. We can see there's there's a movement going on, but we don't know how effective it is. Yeah, look, I think just jumping in on that, um, there's even masks within religion. There is. There has completely. to be because their people are going, they're going to church, they're wearing their, I'm a good little Christian mask, mm. and then they're going and living the completely wayward life. And, and the reality is because most of them have this mindset that if I just put on the, you know, the good little Christian girl, the good mm. little Christian boy mask, then they'll be accepted within uh, that culture. Yeah. So what ends up happening is that there's outside change, but in a, in a change, there's nothing. They're still a dead heart lost in the ways of the world. And they wear the mask thinking, well, if I do that, mm. if I go to church, it's going to be great. But then they live a different life when they're with their family, when they're at home with their friends. Even most parents also still wear that mask of religion. And, and it's a dangerous thing to wear because you strip that away. Your eternity is on the line as well. And we, we don't always think like that. And I think that the whole thing about identity and masks is unfortunately some people find it in church and they see church more of a superstitious like karma kind of thing. Mm. If I just go to church, then, yeah, I'm I'm right with Jesus and therefore everything else is great. But it does nothing for their hearts. And I think that's a big issue that I find in both black and white uh, circles with young people, with parents. So, yeah. What was so? What was sorry, Miss Pruitt, because I cut you off there when I heard what you were chatting around. Mm-hmm. What was your last question to Tegan? Now we've just moved on to something else. I think it was like, something to do with Nyope or something. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. Okay. So no, I was saying like, how do we start dealing oh, yes, with yes. when a, when a kid a good Christian home and then you look at their life and you go, mm, why is there a difference if they've been raised exactly. wh- right? Exactly. How do we, what do we do to change that mindset of that kid when they step out of the house, the bubble pops, they just become something else. Well, then it goes to the schools and the universities, technically mm. all their friendship mm. groups, because you can be, you can be raised in the best home ever. Mm. Your circle of friends, you become that. You become what the school expects you to become. And what I found, um, there are some high school student uh, teachers that do this, but majority don't. They see their job as something that I've just got to get through. I just need to teach these kids and go home. But they never care about them on a personal level. Like these are actually young minds. The, this is the future businessman and, 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 and politics of our country right in front of me. I get to mm. mold their minds. But, hey, maybe I should start molding their hearts as well. Because mm. if you think about it, a, a student is at school more than he is at home. Exactly. He's at school for most Joburg North people, half past six until six o'clock in the evening, get home, do homework, you know, maybe go, hey, parents, and then eat dinner and then go to bed. Mm. Most of their molding isn't from the home, actually. 
It's, it's from, from school. It's from their school. It's from, from their, their friends. friends. So what I believe here with, with us at core, which is our high school ministry on a Sunday afternoon is instead of just expecting them to come and see, come and see, we want to take what we do to their high schools because mm. if we can get them and impact their lives at their high schools, mm. we can impact homes. We can impact friendship groups. We can impact sports teams. We can impact a whole myriad of different areas of society by simply meeting them at their high school where mm. they're at on, mm. a, on a day-to-day very, basis. Very clever. Talking about friends, my mom always used to say to me, you know what, don't ever have friends. Do not. I don't want you telling me about your friends. Sure. I don't want you to have friends. Just focus on your books and finish. Yeah. Mm. That well, was, I didn't. That, I wasn't that was popular enough to have friends. So. Exactly. I was also not that popular. <laughs> I was actually not popular at all. Um, so it was one of those, it was, it stuck in my mind. So every time mm. I met, I came across, um, a friend or somebody trying to be my friend, I mm. wouldn't really click because my mom has already told me, yeah, stay away from friends. Yeah. Well, I, what I find sure. when, when, and, and I don't know what it's like, obviously from you growing up from that point, mm-hmm. but what I found is when young people, um, their, their parents are very legalistic and it looks great and it's all awesome from the outside and you mm. go and have a bride at their house and it's all good. But then when you find out that the parents are generally very legalistic and morals orientated, those kids bubbles pop the quickest. Mm. They, they literally, they get into matric. They, they, they've been living this one way. They mm. go, Oh, there's a new way to life. The moment they hit varsity, uh, you, you kind of lose them for the next four years. That's why exactly. there's so much, there's so much things like sexual immorality and, and just people losing themselves in the first two years of varsity mm. than in high school because it starts in high school. And as they leave that bubble of like, Oh, now I'm independent. Mm. The bottom falls out and they lose themselves. And I've seen because I, I've been ministering in high school ministry for the last six or seven years, eight years now. I've seen people go from eighth grade. To second, third year varsity mm. and to see the, de- the degeneration of their life <sighs> to that point mm. is heartbreaking. So I've literally seen the whole of high school and university for some of the high school students that I know and their parents being legalistic, that bubble pops around grade 10, 11, independence, freedom, let's go live it up and they throw themselves away. So, so for me, I mean, this is exactly as I keep saying why we wanted to have you on because we, I, I want to be able to tell people what they can do. It's the same old thing. Mm. Like when I, I love, I'm very grateful for the generous heart I was given because I, I'm a freak out. If I've got five scarves, I'm like, flip, no, I don't need five. Although I've got 15. It's, you know, mm. I try and always give away. And, and my friends are always like, we'd love to, but where do we take it? Mm. So it's a similar thing with the youth. Mm. I'm certain, um, whether people are, you know, I know that it's, it would be ideal in a, in a core sense for them to be believers and to have that foundation. But mm. even if not, and they just generally have a hunger for wanting to help the youth, mm. how can they, how, what help does core need? Because yeah. I know that it's, uh, uh, yeah, what, what, what help do you guys need? Yeah. Well, for us, I think one of our biggest, biggest, um, needs is obviously resources. Like, yeah. <laughs> Nothing comes free nowadays. And so for us to continue what we're doing, like we want, we're thinking of setting up like a, a proper social media forum and, and doing blogs and all that kind of stuff. Cause that's where the young people are. They live on their cell phones. Yes. And so like in, in terms of needs, like I think that another thing that we need is we need more adult input because sometimes it's a bunch of, 
university aged people going, hey, let me help you sort out your life, but you still got your things to sort out yourself. And I know that obviously adults have their issues as well, but there is a degree in wisdom. Like we want to bridge the gap. Um, between the generations and and what's really cool we're actually doing a series at our church called modern family right now where we're talking about bridging this generation gap instead of having young people existing and the old generation existing if we could bridge that gap and not have these gaps exist in the future Mm. i think so much more could be done in our country because at the moment it just feels like and what i get the sense of when i talk to older people about young people they have just been forgotten about they're, they're not believed in. Nobody really cares about them. They kind of go live your life and one day you'll be a man. One day you'll be mm. a woman. But the, it's the job of the man and the woman to start going, hey, let me help you. Mm. Let me help you become a man. Let me help you become a woman. Let me help you grow and mature and, and be right and, and live a certain way because we're just seeing more and more young people degenerate into all kinds of rubbish because the older generation. So if I could say what we need, we need more older people input in the lives of our young people. Can I ask you something? Go. When you ask, <laughs> when a person is fourteen or sixteen, don't you think? Don't you think it's too much pressure on them to try find themselves at the age of fifteen? You're trying mm. to say, "I am this person. I am whatever." Is it not a lot of pressure for them at that age? Because there's just so much going on. Um, they're still trying to figure themselves out. From here, what am I gonna do? Yeah. That I think that's when they start. Thinking like adults instead of yeah. thinking um, like a teenager. Well, look what happens when they don't. Uh, they meet midlife and they have a little bit of a crisis and they go mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, divorce their wife. They get a nicer, small, a better car and they're completely, well, I don't know what I've done with the rest of my life. Now I need to start again fresh. I think mm. the younger the young people know who they are, the better their future becomes. Because when they know who they are at a young age, they have something to walk Towards, mm. They have a destiny in place. If I had to say to you, hey, come to 18 Vessel Street, you would have no idea where that is yeah. unless you were given some form of directions. It helps you get to that desired place in the same way for mm. a young person to know who they are and who they should be. That gives them a vision for their life to walk forward. And I would much rather in their young ages put massive pressure onto them now. Because if we don't, they're going to be filled with regret mm. and pain later. And also, Ms. Prue, I don't, I don't actually think CORE or any other youth groups are expecting that from a 14-year-old. I think mm. what they're doing is saying, right. Guiding. Yeah. You haven't had it yet. And this is, this is unfortunately what you think of yourself now, which mm. is so wrong. But mm. we want you to see this. So we want to, from this point, help you get there. Yeah. And that doesn't stop until you die. Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, I don't think that's what they're doing. They're not going into a 15-year-old going, okay, cool. This is who you are, dude. Unveil the mask. Yeah. Ah, they're saying, flip, we see the brokenness. We see p- perhaps even small things. Not everyone has big things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had bigger issues as a child. My husband had almost zero. Mm. Okay. Mm. But there's still stuff. Yeah. So it doesn't matter how much stuff, what they're doing is they're going in saying, we see your stuff. Your stuff's okay. Like you don't have to hide your stuff away, yeah. mm-hmm. but let us show you how to get rid of the stuff and then tell you that you're enough yeah. and mm-hmm. tell you, you've got what it takes. Yeah, And I think because the young people aren't necessarily believed in, nobody's coming alongside them and saying, Hey, what are your gifts? What talents do you have? What are your abilities? What are your heartfelt passions? Because when you start to find out, well, he has my gifts and he has my passions, generally where those two things come together, that'll help you with knowing what you want to do with the rest of your life. If your gifts, if you're just gifted with numbers 
and your passion is that you want to make lots of money to serve the poor, bring those two together, be the best accountant you can be and use those gifts to, 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 to mm. take people forward. But if they don't know that when they're young, no. How will they ever create that future for themselves? They'll kind of just have a bunch of stuff. Nobody's really investing. And I think the, the key word is investment. Mm. In the same way you go put money away, you invest and you try to get a bigger outcome later. That's what we should be doing with the young people. The more we invest in them now when they're young, mm. it, it gives them a hope for a better future. And so how can people get hold of anyone at call? Because we're out of time, it's crazy. Yeah. It's yeah. been awesome. Yeah, it no, it's so awesome. Quickly. But how do people get hold of you guys? So obviously, we've tweeted from at Rookies Rockstars yeah. at G Number One C O R E. So we've tweeted. You can probably DM somebody who's managing that account. But beyond yeah. Twitter, for anybody, because I know that the cool youth don't think Twitter's so cool, apparently, and they're more on on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. But how do we? How does an adult get hold of you if they like? Actually, I've heard you, Tegan. Yeah. I want to. I want to help. Yeah. Well, we, we're busy working on our social media forum, but we do have Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. It's at G1Core, G, the number one, C-O-R-E. But, um, we do have a website, uh, called citygodfirst.co.za. And on that, you'll find the core page and we're working on it. It's under construction, but we are moving forward to really reaching out to more people and to, to really have our influence greater in the city, to, to make our name heard, not because of core, but because we want to impact young people. So those are the best places you can contact us on. So, yeah. Awesome. So thanks so much for coming in. I mean, I'm always, I love getting people from your team because there's so much going on that we don't know anything about. And I think Mm. that it's time South Africa start knowing and understanding. It's like you said to Duncan just now, it's a little bit more than just going to a school and giving them a little goodie bag of pamphlets and then bailing. Yeah. Like Which most is, people do, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. So, so well done. Because I know you Irks are at those schools. You give them your time, your weekends, your nights. Yeah. It's flipping cool. So thanks, thanks for doing that. And, and your whole team at, at G1 Core there, all of you guys flip and rock the socks off, especially Danny, because she's, she's in my jawbone team as well. <laughs> so yay for you, Dance. But that's, that's us for this Wednesday. I just, I felt it. On my heart to encourage you if, if you're listening to not only focus on your own business and your own dreams, but to focus on helping the youth because the youth become us. Yeah, the youth exactly. become the adults. So let's do whatever you can. If you've heard of ways to get hold of Tegan and the core group, get hold of them, chat to them, give, even if it's one hour or a month, yeah. just start, just begin, give. Yeah. So we'll be back next Wednesday on Rookies and Rockstars. Thanks for coming to say hi, and we will see you then. Bye.